This is Draft Among This Crowd, a podcast that dives into the music and community of improvisational progressive rock band Humphreys McGee. Each week will feature a rotating schedule of insightful full show recaps, interviews with fellow Umphreaks, members of Team UM, as well as other musicians who have been inspired by and or played with the band. This is your place for all the latest news and happenings within the world of Umphreys, helping keep you informed on what's been recently released or where you can catch the next show. I'm your host, Sarah Jahimiak. Thanks for joining me as we dive in. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me for this week of Dropped Among This Crowd. I hope you were able to check out last week's episode, which featured a full recap of both nights in Asheville, as well as my little chat with Rob Turner from Inside Out with Turner and Seth about all of the happenings that went on that weekend. There is a link in the show notes where you can give that a listen if you haven't. As I mentioned last week, this week I'll be bringing you my conversation with husband, dad, financial advisor, fellow umfreak, and kick-ass keyboard player for Alibaba Sahini and other bands, Justin Powell. I'm very excited to bring this one to you guys. Justin was kind enough to sit down with me on Saturday late afternoon in Asheville before uh, the show that evening, night two, at his hotel to chat about parenthood, Alibaba Sahini, seeing Umphreys at Bonnaroo in 2004, him sitting in with Umphreys, and a ton more. Just a very awesome conversation, such an awesome time talking with him. I want to thank Justin again for taking some time to talk with me and also for inviting me along with him and his lovely wife, Tiffany, to yoga Saturday morning. Not only was it super awesome of them, but it was exactly what I needed heading into the final show of the weekend. And shout out to Asheville Yoga Center, just a cute little place, and our teacher was absolutely wonderful. Are you trying to find a place to get the word out about your shirts, pins, jewelry, interesting trinkets, band that's going on tour, or small business that's looking to connect with some like-minded folks? Dropped Among This Crowd Pod would love to help, including ad time on the show, ticket giveaways, social media plugs, product reviews, and more. Dropped Among This Crowd can help you reach and be seen by tons of fellow umfreaks, musicians, and other kind folks looking to purchase from you, work with you, and support their fellow um family. Email droppedamongthiscrowdpod at gmail.com if you're interested in chatting more. Really quick, before we get into it this week, I just wanted to share something uh, in case you missed it for all you musicians and aspiring musicians. Joel, Ryan, and Brendan have announced that they are going to be part of this awesome new thing created by Mark Brownstein of the Disco Biscuits and Alicia Carlin from AEG and Electric Forest Live Lesson Masters, where you can book an hour-long session with Bayless for $100, an hour-long Base lesson with Ryan for $100, and he also has a 30-minute option for $50. And you can also schedule a 30-minute basic stasic hangout with him for 30 minutes for 50 bucks as well. And Joel offers one-hour piano lessons for $100. 
I did see on Twitter he also mentioned that he's down for having discussions about a piece of music as well. Uh, there's other musicians on the site with more being added. Such a very cool opportunity to make the most of your time at home right now and really a great gift idea for that special musician in your life and also a really great way to still show support for our favorite musicians when they can't tour and play live music right now. Live Lesson Masters. There is a link in the show notes where you can find out more. Real quick, wanted to pass along this little announcement. Summer Camp Music Festival has been rescheduled from the original dates of May 22nd through 24th, obviously because of the current things going on in the world with coronavirus. And it has been moved to August 21st through 23rd. Good news, though, all of the festival's top-tier acts are able to play the new dates. According to the festival, a vast majority of the rest of the lineup has also agreed to play in August. Only a very few number of bands were not able to make it in August, with more news on that coming soon. All tickets in every capacity for the original dates will be honored at the new dates. There will also be an announcement about refunds for those ticket holders that are not able to make the new dates coming soon. Also rescheduled, Umbol in Port Chester, New York at the Capitol Theater. The original dates of May 1st and 2nd, now happening September 25th and 26th at the same location. Again, all tickets for the original dates will be honored at the new ones. Of course, sad that we have to wait a little longer for the return of Umbol. This year um, is the first year that I'm able to get my ass to one. Um, But there's no doubt that with this extra time for the guys that they will come up with some seriously awesome shit for when the time comes to rage. So here is my interview with husband, dad, financial advisor, fellow umfreak, and Ali Baba's Tahini keyboard player, Justin Powell. Enjoy. Why don't you start by talking a little bit about yourself, your family, okay. um, you know, where you're from, things like that. Yeah, so I'm uh, Justin Powell. I play keyboards in Alibaba's Tahini, uh, which is a Humphrey's side project. We just released an album about a month ago, I guess. Yeah. And it was really exciting. It was the first one we've done in about 10 years. And, um, you know, I kind of came to the situation. I met Carl Engelman back when I was in college at Western Carolina University uh, outside of Asheville, North Carolina. Carl was a baker, uh, an East bakery, and I was a music student. And somebody said, you guys should know each other. And I'll never forget, like, sitting down at the bar next to him. Like, you're Carl Engelman. So you're Justin Powers. So, yeah. People say we should hang out. And so we started hanging out. And, the rest is history, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I've got uh, two lovely children, a beautiful wife. We live here outside of Asheville, North Carolina. And uh, I'm a financial advisor by day <laughs> and uh, like to shred some keyboards by night. Very when nice. it's not a school night. <laughs> yeah. When you don't have to go to work the next yeah, day. Exactly. <laughs> so talk about your journey with music. When did you start playing right. keys and... Was it like always from a childhood sort of thing? Yeah, so I started piano lessons when I was five years old and uh, I guess showed some uh, 
talent, so my parents, you know, encouraged it, and it got pretty serious. I studied uh, classical piano um, all through the end, up to the end of high school, uh, and to the point where I was like competing in concerto competitions and studying uh, the church organ, actually, the pipe organ. I toured England at 15, our performance tour, that was really interesting and cool. And, but um, then I started kind of listening to rock and roll and hanging out with my buddies and was like, I don't know if I want to be an underpaid church musician, I'd rather be an underpaid rock musician. And so, uh, so I just kind of shifted gears after high school and, you know, it's weird to switch from classical to jazz and pop. It's, it's kind of a struggle for some artists and it was for me at first, but I finally said, well, I better go back to school and I went and got a, a degree in jazz piano performance. And that's where I met my wife. She's got her master's in classical flute, uh, and so we're a very musical family. But yeah, it's always kind of kind of been there. Yeah. That's very cool. Do your kids play instruments yet? Are they interested? Uh, the, my daughter, I think she's gonna be more like a theater kid. She likes to sing and yeah. dance around. Yeah. Um, I think that's just a little girl thing. Yeah, no, okay, a yeah, little bit though. <laughs> yeah. My son, he's only he's coming up on age two, and he uh, I've already brought him a, bought him a full size drum kit. Nice. We loves, just bought Brendan like, one for Christmas. Yeah, and he loves it. yeah. Oh yeah. It's in my office right now, so he'll come in there, and I mean, he can barely—he's barely walking. You know, <laughs> be a little wild, but uh, I think he's showing a little bit more interest in the instruments. But we'll see. It's still—it's still early with still both early. of them. For sure. That's. And fun. we'll encourage whatever they want to do. <laughs> for sure. Um, what were your musical influences growing up? Wow, that's. Uh, so like I like to say the classical approach. Uh, so that would have been like Chopin. Some of my favorites are Debussy. Um, I like the Romantic composers, uh, Saint-Saëns, things like that. And I like really big sounds. So you know, Alfred McKee. I guess that kind of <laughs> makes sense that I'd be a fan of those guys. But so yeah, I mean it's just it's hard to pin down like influences. I, Bruce Hornsby's a big influence on me and my playing. Um, Pat Metheny group was a big influence. Um, Lyle Mays, who just passed away, I've been kind of diving back through his playing, and that that was a big influence for me as well. So that's, that's the name of few. Um, so talk about the other bands that you played with besides ABT. Right. So I was in a band called The Mantras okay. for about four years. That's a, a Greensboro-based band. We toured pretty heavy when I was in the band, about uh, 200 shows a year. And, it was a lot, and yeah. we were going after it, and it was when gas was 4 or $5 a gallon, so all our profits were going oh, to the gas tank. Um, and we had a lot of fun, we did a lot of really cool things, played a lot of the great festivals, um, you know, Bear Creek and stuff like that, and um, opened for Humphrey several times, and, and some other big names. And had a pretty good good uh, momentum, we did like a 22 show run with Dopapod, uh, which was really great. Yeah. Uh, got to know those guys really well. And, so we were, check them out, the mantras are still playing, uh, still touring and uh, putting out music. I have a southern rock band called Sanctum Sully. Sanctum Sully is a uh, 19th century term for a well-made uh, homemade liquor or moonshine. It's a Sanctum Sully. So we do more of the southern rock thing, so Almond Brothers, uh, Jason Isbell style songwriting there. And uh, so we're, that's a lot of fun. We do that. We love Southern Rock. I've grown up in the South, and so I'm a huge Black Crows fan and all that stuff. 
so it's nice to play in a, in a band like that and just get down and dirty. Yeah. Good times. For and, sure. and those guys are like brothers to me, so it's a lot of fun to hang with them. So how many live shows did you play with Alibaba's? We did, let's see. I don't even know. <laughs> I know you we, guys, I know you guys did like a mini, like a little, little mini, mini tour. tour. I want to say it was like six or six shows, maybe. And, and then, then you we, did like summer camp. We did summer camp. That was incredible. There was like ten thousand people in Is front. Is that like of us. the biggest crowd you've played in front yeah, of? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, That's probably cool. is one of them. Um, and so that was a lot of fun. And I remember standing there with Vince Winsky, Humphrey's manager, after our set, and so that was pretty good. <laughs> so yeah. Pretty good. Thanks. Thanks. It's worth our time. <laughs> so we had fun. It's hard to do any shows now because we're all so spread out and you know everybody in the band just you know, Jake obviously has Humphrey is busy with that, but we all have kids and careers and so it's kinda hard to mm-hmm. lock down a few weeks and get away from our businesses and stuff. So but we may try and do something in the future. I would absolutely love that. Yeah, I, I, I keep really, pressing really I would I'll do it right now. <laughs> I'm ready to play. So. There are lots of people that would love <laughs> For you guys yeah, to play 100%. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So you came in on the Living Room album, right. correct? 2010 was the first album that right. you did. Yeah. Um, so talk about playing, like doing your your album now. Like you said, it was what 10 years or so, yeah. five-ish. So that was fun. It, you know, I was thinking about that how back then, 10 years ago, I was really going after a career in music. So I don't know that I was able to really enjoy what was happening at the time as much as I did this project where, you know, I'm kind of over the idea of trying to be a famous rock star at this point. I'm doing it for the sake of music. So back then you just, you know, we did a great job. It's a really good record, but like I said, I don't know that I was as present in the moment as as I was for this experience. But, you know, Carl and I started writing a lot of the songs 12 years ago in, like, my parents' in-law suite. You know, several of the songs on both those records were songs that we worked on a long, long time ago. So it's kind of cool to bring them back out and give them the treatment. But, yeah, so this experience was a lot lot better for me personally. Just kind of in it for the music. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like that seems to be... um the consensus around everyone that I've talked to involved with this album is that, you know, with all of you guys being, you know, older, um, being dads now, and, and kind of having to have a priority around the time that you actually have to create. Yeah, I think uh, Krojo put it best. We said we're just not taking all this for granted. We're, very, we're really blessed to have the, the projects that we do and be able to, you know, work with each other and make good music or what we feel is good music and, and you don't want to take that for granted or you know be you got to be present in the moment yeah and in the now yeah and so we've been really trying to do that and i think it comes across in the, in the, i think so too I, I think it's a phenomenal album i i listen to it all the time thank you Zero is my favorite favorite song. I like, tra- yeah, I get to trade some solos with Jake. It wasn't the worst thing that could ever happen. Yeah, I'm sure it was. You know, <laughs> wasn't the worst day ever. Yeah, it's pretty. So, did you um, go to Boondock and do any of the recording, Not or was it all kind of like the, uh, the three guys got together uh, just to kind of get what they 
you know, the original three is Jake, Crojo, and Carl. And so they got together for about a week and were just kind of deciding what kind of, what songs they wanted to do, just fleshing out the vibe that they wanted to have on the record. And then that's when, once they kind of got that, that's when they brought me in. And then we went down to Nashville, Tennessee to Greg Major's uh, studio, the Attic Studios. Um, actually had beers with Greg this afternoon, he and his wife, they're in town for the shows this weekend, so it was a lot of fun to catch up. But yeah, so I went down there and we did a, I think a four day, three or four day session down there. And then from that point on, we just kind of emailed back and forth tracks. I worked in uh, my band's studio space here in town and Carl worked his home and Jake obviously has Boondock and Crojo lives up there so he can come over and <clears throat> overdub and do things like that. So a little bit of everything, but no, I didn't make it up to Boondock for this one. It's nice. Technology is a wonderful, wonderful it's pretty thing cool. now. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. We it can, is, we can make this record and not not even be in the same room, you know. Yeah, for sure. So before um, Carl had approached you to be in ABT, uh-huh. were you an Umphreys McGee fan? Yes. Okay. Huge fan. Okay, so talk about that then. When were you first introduced to Umphreys McGee? So I had gone back to college to for music, and my buddy uh, Andrew Hoover turned me on to him. They had just put out Anchor Drops. And uh, I was blown away. I just remember like when I first heard that Plunger that starts that record. And I was like, oh, these guys are cool. And so that same year, I decided I was going to go to uh, uh, Bonnaroo in 2004, which was their big breakout late That's night That's when set. Bonnaroo was still good. It was still, yeah, <laughs> it was still a hippie jam fest for sure. And and um, they, that was their famous like late night. I think Mo was up there with them. They did some Metallica. But I remember... Paige McConnell, uh, Vita Blue had finished their set. It was like two or three in the morning, and I heard them. I heard heavy metal coming from, you know, that tent or whatever. You know, next to I was like, who, who the fuck are that? Who is that? And I'm gonna ran over there. I said, that's ballsy, playing that much metal at this place, and they just tore the place into it. And it was like, I, can't, I was like, that's what I want to do right there. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know. The, didn't realize I was going to get to know the guys and get to record yeah. with some of them and play shows with them, so it was kind of neat. But that was the moment where, you know, it just kind of shaped the next 10, 15 years of my life. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. So how many free shows have you seen? Don't know. Don't have a number? I don't chase yeah. the numbers, and I don't, I don't barely even know their song names. <laughs> That's hard. Some of them are hard, though. Like, my husband will ask me, and I'm like, I'm bad about I can't that. think of it right now. Like, ask me later, <laughs> yeah. and then I'll remember. No, I don't chase the stats like uh, all you guys do, but uh, I do love a show, a good show. Last night was incredible. Yeah, last night was phenomenal. I'm still trying to process the whole Billy Strings, like, sit-in. I like, c- like, my mind just cannot, like, Well, Billy Strings gather. set, first of all, was just... I, you know, we're in we're in the Appalachian Mountains here, and so they're playing Appalachian Mountain music, and yeah. so I'm I'm friends with some heavy hitting bluegrass players, and that's I love bluegrass, and so when that when it's, when it's done right and in front of that many people with that kind of vibe, it's it's a pretty special. I felt like we were all lucky to be there last night. That's how I felt. Like I Billy feel that Strings way is, anytime I've seen Billy Strings. Yeah, like that was really cool. That was the third time I saw him. I saw him. I saw the 4848 sit-in that he did with Umphreys. We were there. And then he played at a local festival in Buffalo in the summer. Um, yeah, so, so some friends of ours, uh, my band Sanctum Sully, um, grew up in Martinsville, Virginia. And there's a festival there called Rooster Walk. And it 
Exactly. About five or six thousand people. It's a really perfect, like medium-sized little festival. And they've been doing the last couple of years Marcus King and Billy Strings together called King and Strings. And so that's really where I started to get to know Billy was at this festival. We've played like 10 out of the last 11 rooster walks. So we're, that's kind of our stomping grounds. Yeah. But to see those two together is pretty powerful. So hopefully they do more Marcus of Marcus is young too. Is that, he's like yeah, I've known Marcus a long time. He's from Greenville, South Carolina. It's about an hour from here. We've played a bunch of shows together. He's a good dude, great player. Yeah. But, to, but yeah, those two are, it's refreshing to see young kids with that much talent playing the music that we love and keeping this thing alive. It's, you're lucky. Absolutely. Lucky it's still happening. Absolutely. I feel the same way. And, and I was grateful that we were able to bring Brendan because he was able to, you know, witness these things. And yeah. he's just so into music. He was so cute last night. He woke up like, little bit in the second set and he's just sitting there just staring yeah and just like that's just like me <laughs> i know i was doing the same thing i'm sitting there too just staring buddy he's blown like, away. It's amazing yeah he's so fortunate to to be able to do this stuff and to be in the cave that yeah. was pretty <laughs> i keep hearing i have to go to this cave I we, we grabbed some rocks i'm super happy we found some rocks so we have like oh, that's souvenir cool. that's take cool. home i'm like this I, is uh, awesome. my, I'm buddies with the Papadozio guys, the keyboard player Billy, and I play golf together. <laughs> uh, their lighting guy used to, their current lighting designer, Dustin Klein, was uh, the Mantra's lighting guy when I was touring with them, so he toured with us. And <clears throat> so they had just come off their Cavern show and they played two nights here in Nashville, and I was there telling me all about it. It was just an incredible experience. So I'll get down there and see some, either them or Humphreys or both at some point. Yeah, it was it was a very cool experience, and it just made me even more fortunate to be a fan of this band because like whoever's what? doing the talent buying at the caverns is I like their style. Killing it, <laughs> yeah, they so. are killing it. Seriously. All stuff we like, you know. They're very good at their job, that's yeah. for sure. Um, so in February of 2007, you sat in with Umphreys. I did. Yeah, Great American. They played it last night, I think. Didn't yeah, they? they did. Yeah. I thought, I was like, oh, that was about this time. How long ago was that? 13 years ago? Was that the only time that you sat in with them? With Humphreys, yeah. That's the only time I've played with those guys. It was good sit-in. Yeah. I've seen some good ones and bad ones from different people, and you always hope it goes well. And yeah. You're went, like, hopefully mine's one yeah, of the good ones. You can go back and listen to it. it I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna. It wasn't bad. <laughs> I'm, just... I'm a lot younger then, too. I'm a little more... You know, you wish you could go back in time, but, yeah. Yeah. So, share a personal moment in, like, all of your times of playing music that was, like, holy shit, this is, like, really cool. <laughs> when, um, when the Mantras got invited to do our album at Boondock Studios, um, Jim Lee who is Jake Sinegar's studio partner, um, took a shine to us. And I knew the guys from the ABT stuff, but at the same time, they were looking to get some bands in there. And so we spent a week recording in Jake's parents' backyard and hanging out with Craig and Julie and just having a really great time. And I, it kind of was a pretty special, special thing. And so Jake's on to tracks on that record. And uh, then we once we release that record it's called Jam Bands Ruin My Life which I think is a pretty good 
an album title for where we were at at the time, <laughs> personally. So, uh, but uh, it's it's got it's a lot of great moments. And Jake's on it, like I said, a couple of tracks. And then we did some shows with those guys, and we did Charlotte at the Fillmore and like the Norva and maybe the National. And Jake sat in with us on those tunes that he's in on the record. And that was really really cool in front of three or four thousand people with your homie shred you know doing stunt guitar on stuff you've written that is very cool very cool um share a way that umphreeze has inspired you in your personal life personally so they're really good dads right so uh say stacy's first was born maybe a year or two before mine and I watched it, like, when we found out about my daughter, like, I was touring hard, I didn't have any money, I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. So I was kind of freaking out, and I called, uh, I called Kofi Burbridge, who passed away recently, but he was Derek Trucks's keyboard player, flute player. He was a mentor to me, a good friend, and I said, you know, I don't know what to do, should I keep going, should I take a break? He said, Justin, you making any money yet? I said, nope. He said, well, I got two failed marriages, so you should probably quit that fucking band. He's like, all right. And then I called Jake, and he kind of said the same thing. I, I went on tour with Jake the week after Towns was born, his first. Wow. So that ABT mini tour was literally Towns was born, and then we hit the road. Oh, wow. So that was hard for him. He said, you remember how, what a wreck I was that week? I said, yeah, I do, and it was hard for you. And he said, well, you have an opportunity to not go through all that. He said, I couldn't quit my job. I was making too much money. But I, you know, and not that I wanted to, but, you know, you think about those things. And they have done a really great job of balancing this rock and roll life with really putting family first. And that that's inspiring. So it's inspired me to be a present, loving husband and father first, and then let everything else kind of fall into place, because I think that's that's huge, and that's the way, the way it should be. And it's working for us. <laughs> yeah, 100%, I agree with that. You know, um, I would absolutely say the same, you know, about the whole family thing, and, and making it work, and still, you know, pursuing your dreams, and, and going after your passions, and that you can have you know, a, a successful marriage and a good yeah, family life and can. still be a rock star. It doesn't have to be the cliched right. rock star and, and, lifestyle. You know, and trust me, you go backstage these days, it's it's a lot more tame than it was 15 <laughs> years ago when I started following these guys. More, a little more uh, relaxed back there. Well, like see. we were saying earlier, we're all a little more relaxed yeah, than we were yeah, 15 yeah, years yeah. ago. So. A few more gray hairs. <laughs> For sure. Still know how to party, though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, what ABT song would you most like to hear Umphreys cover? You know, I, off the new record, Strollin' kind of yeah. stands out. I think that would be a really good, yeah. like, New Year's Eve with horns and stuff. That would be really cool. I think that one. Yeah. Um, of, of the new album, Strollin' would be one I'd like to hear. I think it would be a good jam vehicle for it, too. Yeah, I agree. Stretch it out. I agree. Um, okay, so I have one final question for you. Okay. Describe Umphreys in three words. Fucking rock show. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. There you go.
spilling coffee on myself. <laughs> so excited. I love that. That's a great response. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Anything else you want to No, thanks for chat about? taking the time. It's nice to yeah. talk, talk enough about me. What do you think about me? <laughs> <laughs> no, this was great. I really appreciate you. Yeah, um, absolutely. This was a lot of fun. Hopefully give some insight into the, the album and kind of how I ended up where I am and all of that. So, yeah, yeah. So that's everything I have for this week. Thank you again so much to Justin for his time. It was such a pleasure talking with you. There are all sorts of links for stuff that Justin and I talked about in the show notes. So make sure you check all of them out. Thank you again, guys, for listening. I'll see you around these parts next week. Mad love.